This is part two of a two-part series with Dr. Dorian Hunter. Welcome back to part two of episode number 39. We've had seven months now to get used to the new normal. What the hell is normal? The climb to the top feels so good when you get there. Is it just us or can it feel lonely sometimes, even when you're successful? And who defines success anyway? What about life's twists and turns? We've learned a few things along the way, and we're ditching the culture of competitiveness. Bringing together women from different backgrounds to share their stories. Let's do this together. Welcome to Think Tank of Three podcast. The Washington Post came out with an article, basically said that the coronavirus pandemic is pushing America into a mental health care crisis. They did a poll and over half of Americans are reporting that this pandemic is harming their mental health. And that is exactly one of the reasons that I originally went to Julie and Audria and said, listen, we have to address the huge scale of what is 2020. There's simply too much going on right now from the pandemic, Black Lives Matter, for us to ignore how hard the world is being on our mental health. What makes the world today, 2020, so much more difficult than our typical mental health issues that we have been battling with our entire lives. This goes to the topic of self-compassion, right? That there is a way that we can talk to ourselves that is harsh and judgmental. And there's a way that we can talk to ourselves that's understanding. So validation is essentially saying it's understandable why you're doing what you're doing, why you're feeling what you're feeling. And it makes sense. It's not abnormal. It's not, not understandable. Even sometimes just talking about these things with like-minded people, I think that it is important sometimes to have those like-minded people when it comes to our own mental health, because if we talk to someone who we know is not going to be supportive or we know is not feeling things similar to what we're feeling or cannot nurture the, the emotions we're having, then that can set us back even more. This is part two of episode number 39, and we're picking up where we left off. I'm allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be an angry black woman. We're allowed to be angry. We're allowed to have feelings. We're allowed to have the same emotions as every other man on this planet when they're not, oh, he's an angry man. And they don't say that. (laughs) Well, let's face it. It's just an excuse. Right. If you're saying something I don't want to hear and I choose to then call you an angry black woman, that's just a way of making it okay that I'm not listening to you. And it's not okay. So many feels on this podcast. (laughs) Dorian, we protect our mental, our mental. Yes, help us here. (laughs) Okay, so. So we've opened um, up this trough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know it's like we've, we've, we've like peeled back like all these layers, like all the rabbit holes are gaping open now. So how do we like kind of. Walk us through the minefield. (laughs) How do we we pull it together? How do we. How do we protect our mental health? And how do we balance struggling with resiliency? Because we are, this, I mean, this group of women on this podcast today is a bunch of really strong, smart, articulate, resilient women who are also tired and feeling burnt out and emotionally exhausted and feeling depressed and, 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 and. Yeah, so I'll go back to what I started to talk about before the three Ps. 
and dive into that a little more. On top of that, I think self-compassion is really huge. I can't emphasize it enough. The three Ps are based on a type of behavioral intervention called behavioral activation, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. We are activating behavior. I like this as a response to situations that feel overwhelming and out of our control, which is a lot of what we've been talking about, is thinking about like, what is my piece here? Like, where can I affect change? Where can I do things that feel mastery building for me? So we've talked about people. People is hugely important. Having meaningful connection, ideally every day, whether you live alone or not, like finding creative ways of connecting with people. Um, the pleasant events is hugely important. And all of this has to be within balance, right? Like if I spent all of my time doing things that feel good just for the sake of feeling good, I would ignore problem solving. So this within the behavioral activation model, we have both problem solving and having some break from solving problems. We can't be solving problems all the time and we can't just never solve problems. And pursuit is a huge part of that, like challenging ourselves to do things that feel meaningful and important to us and that are difficult. So one area of growth for many of us may be having challenging conversations about race that we haven't had in the past. It may be that we are building ourselves in some other way. So like my, my classic example is hiking. I am not somebody who by nature is, you know, a super athlete. That's not me, but I do love being outside and I do love being in nature and challenging myself in that way. Particularly I'm coming off of having had a broken foot for a year and a half so I can push myself and it's like pleasant event and it's pursuit, challenging myself, growing, doing things that are difficult but possible and continuing to push myself. And when I get to do it with Audria, it's people too. We get to connect in that way, in a way that's meaningful to both of us. So I think those are the things that I would recommend people be thinking about in their day-to-day lives, both the self-compassion piece and the piece about, okay, what am I doing? How am I active? versus, you know, the running away, going to bed with painful emotions and just wallowing in them. Dorian, I want to bring up one more topic. There are also people listening to the podcast who have experienced some really incredible successes during the last seven months. And I want to take time to recognize this too, because I've had friends who have experienced successes that they haven't felt that they've been able to share or really truly celebrate because they do have empathy for those who are not feeling successful. And it's so hard because we know in my brain, I know that one person's success does not you know, mean another person's failure, but yet we correlate the two, right? Like we think someone's out of work or someone's, you know, lost someone to COVID. I can't feel good about what's happening in my life. So how do we, for those who are experiencing the successes or who have maybe started a new business or have, you know, a new birth in their family or, or anything else that would be joyful and worth celebrating, how do we balance that? And how do we help our friends who are feeling those successes? How do we help them celebrate? This reminds me of this idea of deserving that people think like, well, I don't deserve this success. I don't deserve to have good things happening because I see the pain of other people. And this is something to balance too. Like in some ways it is true that many, many people are suffering right now. So it's not a time to be flaunting wild successes. 
but it's also not a time to say, okay, well, I, I shouldn't celebrate this because I don't deserve it or judging yourself about feeling joy and pleasure in things. And instead use that energy to think about how to be helpful to other people or to build this muscle for yourself to use the positives that you're experiencing to buffer against all the negatives and helping people around you to do that. The piece that I was mentioning about deserving is that I think this is a really problematic concept, like the idea that people deserve things or don't deserve things. And it's based on this in psychology, we call it the just world fallacy that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. And that that's the way the world works. And we get taught this at a very young age. And it's, in my opinion, just not true. And so I think about throwing out the concept of deserving and just recognizing what is true. I am having a success or I am having this positive thing happen and balancing that with, of course, this is hard for other folks who aren't having this, but that's different than I deserve it or don't deserve it. That's such a great clarification because you're right. We are taught early on that whole just desserts thing, what you are due. And I myself am one of those people experiencing success. I've joined this podcast. That is a success for me and how that moves forward. I think that if we reach back to something you talked about before with regards to action steps. So how about taking that success and saying, okay, how can I help this person? How can I take that success, that joy and spread it into my little world as best I can for others and help bring others along, which to some might be an odd thing too, because what's going to end up happening is there's going to become more positive coming your way because you're putting positive out. You don't have to not put positive out in the face of ugly, because the only way you're going to beat down the ugly is by pushing in the positive. Preach. I was actually talking to someone the other day about how excited I was for Isha joining the podcast and how I, this felt like such a big, wondrous win. And they were struggling with a family member having gotten news that they had cancer. And I was thinking, man, I am such a jerk. But at the same time, when I have bad news and someone shares their success with me, and again, this is me and my perception, but when someone shares their good news, yes, I will hold on to that. That will be the lifeboat that keeps me afloat until I get past this piece. And I don't think you can compare the success of a podcast to the grief of, of losing a family member or a family member getting sick. But I do think we stay in this place of everything is crap if we don't have someone saying, these are ways you can get out of it and these are ways you can deal with it. And here's a life jacket, you know, just for right now, small and maybe meaningless overall, but keeps you afloat. Yeah. I think what happens when we're not paying attention to the positives is that we can get hopeless and give up. Nothing good comes from that. It's so interesting because this conversation has just caused me to reflect a lot on the last seven months. And there was a time when like, in one day, I could go from one extreme emotion to the other, like literally having something really amazing happen for my business or for my client or something. And then like swing down into, oh my gosh, someone I know is diagnosed with COVID or, you know, insert other terrible tragedy here. And so for me personally, it's been a a roller coaster. I know like many people, what has helped me, and I'm not, I'm not Dorian. Dorian, you tell me if this is good advice to give or not. But one thing that has helped me is to really focus on 
having gratitude when I do have those wins and really being thankful. And when I have a day and trust me, there are many when I'm struggling to find something to feel thankful about, it can be as simple as like, I am thankful I'm working outside on my deck today that the snow hasn't started yet. I'm thankful that my dogs are running around playing in the yard. You know, it can be something just, I'm thankful that I'm here and I'm breathing, even if, you know, I'm not where I want to be right now. And just really focusing on those things and I know that that's easier said than done when the lows get really low. I'm someone who was quarantined alone when we were, you know, stuck home and not able to go and see people. And that is one of the hardest things I have ever done. I love my alone time. I also love being around people and I'm an extrovert. And so that was really, really hard on me to not see my nieces and nephew, to not see my sister for a period of several months. That was really hard. And it made the fact that I was alone seem like this big looming obstacle in my life of something that if it were not for 2020 and if it were not for the pandemic, that was going to be something that I was working on this year. Y'all might remember that like I had declared this was my year to find love and the universe responded by laughing at me and throwing out this global pandemic, right? But if I just sit there and focus on that, instead of focusing on the positive, I would be in one really sorry place right now, but instead I've been able to read so many books to focus a lot. Okay. That was a lie. I've not read a lot of books. I've read a lot of like, I've, I've ordered a lot of books. I've done some period of like, I'm going to have, you know, all this self growth and focusing on like a lot of this introspection on what do I really want out of life and what is this going to look like for me? And how do I make sure that 2020 isn't a year that just goes down in flames? I want to get as much out of this year. This can't be a throwaway year. Our lives are too short to have a throwaway year. So what can we do to make it the most we can make it? And I don't know that that's really helpful at all because there are days when it's, whoo, that's really hard, you know, to focus on that. Sometimes I go down the rabbit hole, but when I'm in the rabbit hole, I try to peel back the layers and figure out, okay, what caused me to get to this rabbit hole? What's in this rabbit hole? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? And then how do I take action to get out of it? So I think, you know, Risha, you keep hammering at home too, talking about these action steps and what do we start doing to make this what we can? I mean, it may not be the year we want it to be. I think that's pretty safe to say for most people, but how do we get something out of it that's going to move us forward? Yeah, I have good news for you, Julie. <laughs> You are doing an evidence-based intervention for a low mood. Oh, thank you. Hooray! Yeah. Something right. Okay, so tell me, what is that? So <laughs> practicing gratitude is a very, very simple way to re-attune ourselves with what is positive in our lives. One of the things we know is that when we're really hopeless and, and depressed, we're more likely to focus on negatives. Like the negative things expand in our minds. And the circumstances could be exactly the same for, say, somebody who's depressed versus not depressed. The depressed person will see things more negatively than the non-depressed person. So one way that we overcome that is practicing gratitude, like shifting our attention from what is sucky to what actually is going well. I, and everything you said, I think is exactly what I would coach somebody to do. Like validate yourself when things are hard, say, of course, this is hard. And then take some action. And Julie, you've been learning to love yourself too, to recognize you. So you said, this is the year of love. Well, guess what? How about love of yourself? Oh, I love that. You are so right. 
You've also been building your business like crazy this year. Oh my goodness. I, I wish our listeners could see Reese just like, did <laughs> that was amazing. This is, it's moments like these where I wish we did video and then just all of the other moments where I'm glad we don't. <laughs> I think you also are learning to love your business and the growth there and you're learning to build a life that you love. And I think that that's important. It's not the same, right? There's still a loss, but there's also, I think it's still the year of love for you. Not a loss of love. No, a lot of, a loss of the ideal. Right. But a preparation for the other love that will be coming in. I have one thing I want to talk about. I think it's really important to know that we go through cycles where you're up and you're down and you're back and around. There can be little things you do that help. And sometimes those little things are really hard to do. So I was saying to you how positive physical activity is for me. If I go on a walk, if I work out, I feel 200 times better. But right before that walk or that workout, it's the last thing I want to do. I don't have any motivation to do it. I can't get out of my own head. I just, I want to lay there and stick my head in a book. Can you tell us, you know, in addition to, to gratitude, which I love, what maybe some other small, you know, daily or weekly or monthly activities we could be taking to help us break that cycle or to help us try to stay looking for the positive at least? This is a great question. I'm hurt because when, so the cycle of depression, it comes from behavioral activation too. And it's a very simple model, which basically says something happens internally or externally and we feel bad or we mood is lower. And then what do we feel like doing? Usually not much. Usually we want to withdraw, isolate, do less, sulk, hang out in bed and think about how bad the world is or how bad we are or both. And so that becomes a feedback loop where you feel bad and then you withdraw and isolate. And then you feel bad, you withdraw and isolate and ruminate. And then you feel bad. So part of what gets us out of that, the thinking piece is the two minute rule. The like, okay, look at this. I have been hanging out in bed, thinking about how awful things are for however long. I'm going to stop doing that because that's not effective. Like reminding yourself that you're not actually solving problems by chewing on them. And what often helps me if I'm in that state of mind and mood is to think about, I guess, this concept of self-care, but like, what is the most loving thing that I can do for myself and the world right now? Mm. Being a caregiver, I'm in a role where much of the time I'm providing care to people, which I think is true of most of us, but it's, it's a formal role of mine, means that I have this thought the oxygen mask. Like I have to take care of myself if I'm going to help take care of other people. If I burn out, I'm not going to be able to live my life according to my values and do what I want to do with my life. So it's actually, I have to put the oxygen mask on myself in order to do that. And I think some people, yourself, maybe included, Audrea, really push past what our true limits are. So the other thing is that scheduling pleasant events and doing them whether or not you feel like doing them. Like you schedule things that maybe you don't find any pleasure in right now, but you used to get pleasure out of. You put in the calendar and you do it regardless. I think another thing that's really helpful is getting people on board, make public commitments to do things like go for walks, go for hikes, go to the gym, things like that. Have a buddy. So this has been incredibly insightful. 
Thank you so much for sharing with us today. We appreciate you coming back. Usually at this point in the podcast, we do our three rapid fire questions, but considering that one, you've already provided them because you've been a guest before. And then two, we are dealing with a completely different playbook. I thought we could do rapid fire pandemic version, like real world, the pandemic season, right? Nobody, nothing. Yeah, I like this. Let's do it. All right. So number one. that show. Don't. Oh, got it right your brain. <laughs> I stopped watching it after like, I think season four or something. I'm like, okay, it's not real anymore because they're too well aware of the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> but it was such a good show when it started. Wasn't it like one of the original reality shows? Yeah. Oh, TV. All right. <laughs> Are there any lessons that you've learned during 2020 that have changed how you view or how you treat mental and emotional health? So I don't know if there's anything that's been new or has totally changed my mind about anything, but what I've noticed has happened is that I've gotten more awareness of how important people are. People are super important to me. I've always known this and it's become clearer to me that this is true for, I would argue, everyone. And the other thing I think I've had more insight into is how resilient a lot of us are, that we can go through incredibly difficult things and still do things like provide care for other people and practice loving ourselves and take action in the service of our values, things like this. I do tend to be on the trying to be hopeful side of things. And I actually think that there's a lot to be hopeful for. Dorian, I know you've mentioned this several times throughout this podcast, but uh, I'd love for you to touch on it one more time, just to, to put a bullet point right on it for women who might be struggling with isolation, depression, exhaustion, burnout. What is that number one piece of advice that you would give to those individuals? The self-compassion piece, totally. Be nice to yourself. I have been hearing throughout this probably throughout my career, that mostly women, some men too, don't do things for themselves because they feel like they don't deserve it. And this is a pet peeve of mine, this idea that we deserve or don't deserve things because that's just not how the world works. So be kind to yourself, recognize, you know, you don't have to argue with yourself about whether or not you deserve something. Just recognize that you are a human being and therefore you are valid. Therefore you deserve kindness. I love that so much. Even just talking to yourself as if you are talking to your friend, right? Yeah. Okay. So knowing that working from home can often feel like you're living at work, how would you encourage women to process that work-life balance? Yeah, I have struggled with this myself. I walk across the hallway from my bedroom to my office and like I'm at work already. So I heard somebody saying that they sort of instituted a policy that they go for a walk before they go into their office and then they go for a walk after the workday. And this sort of substitutes for their commute, gives them a way to decompress. And I love that idea. I haven't worked in the morning walks yet. I'm working on that, but I do do the after work walk. And the other thing that I've been doing that I think has been really helpful among the people I know who are doing this is work in all sorts of pleasant sensory things into the workday to give yourself novelty, to give yourself sort of remove some of the sense of being deprived of things. So like I am in love right now with my essential oil diffuser and I have a whole bunch of oils now and I get really into it and like, Ooh, what scent am I going to use today? And 
speak uh, in Julie's language. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so many mental health of, with the olfactory system. I mean, you know, it's just so many benefits from when you're diffusing good quality oils. Yeah. yeah. I think I have fresh cut grass in today. Ooh. I love the idea of a walk. Like that's like a twofer for me. Like if I could just get my butt moving sometimes, I think I'd feel better. <laughs> <laughs> for so many reasons. So what a great idea to kind of lengthen your, your morning commute instead of just across the hall, walk around the block first. It's such a great idea. And yeah, some sun that. on your face is always, I think, a beneficial thing. Yeah. Dorian, can you share the best way for our audience to connect with you if they have additional questions or business interests or maybe want to work with you? I work with a group called the Seattle Clinic, sort of like a co-op. And their website is theseattleclinic.com. And if you go to that website, you should be able to find my page. You're welcome to email me at dorian at theseattleclinic.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn too. You're welcome to reach out to me that way. And for those who maybe aren't in the Seattle area, but want to find a little extra help, can you recommend some resources for, for reaching out for those individuals? Yeah, I think this is a really important thing to say, particularly the time that we're, we're in. Now is a time to be hopeful, and it's a really dark time for many, many people. And for some of us, there's been a lifting, and for some of us, it's things have gotten much worse. So if you find yourself that you're getting to a place that you're feeling hopeless, I want everybody out there to know that you are not alone and that there is hope. And if you get to a point that you're feeling overwhelmed, if it feels like a crisis, I want you to know that it will not last forever. Our emotions come and they go. That's part of what they do. They don't stick around all the time. They don't last forever. So there's a national lifeline phone number that you can call for support if you're inside or outside of Seattle. It's 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. And then if you'd prefer to text than to talk, there's also a crisis text line where you, uh, to initiate with them, you just text hello to 741-741. Dorian, thank you so much for that information. And thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Your your insight has been phenomenal and deep. We went through a lot in this and we appreciate your mind in helping us walk through it. That is going to do it for this episode of Think Tank of Three. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like to hear from, send us a message at thinktankof3@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Subscribe to the Think Tank of Three wherever you listen to podcasts and connect with us online. We blog weekly at thinktankof3.com. Follow us on social media. You can find us individually on LinkedIn and as Think Tank of Three on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Women, click to join our private group on Facebook where we can all share advice and articles. And if you liked what you heard in the podcast, share it. You can find Think Tank of Three on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, and SoundCloud.